0: connecting life and faith this is connections there was a time there she was just kind of laying there um like unresponsive basically like she she had a pulse but there was nothing else going on um and that was like three days and at that point is when I just really just prayed to God and just said you know like you know I have faith in the outcome of this Lord just you know um you know I gave it all to you, basically. I just I just gave it all to God. There's nothing more any doctor or any of us could have done.
1: At just 18 weeks pregnant, Chris Crouch's wife, Diana, tested positive for COVID-19. And from there, things went on a downward spiral. She was put into hospital, put on a ventilator, an ECMO machine, where she suffered three strokes, a heart attack, and several seizures. Chris says it's God and prayer that got him through all of this, as well as a special doctor that he met along the way. Today on Connections, he's going to share this miracle story with us. We're joined today by Chris Crouch. He, together with his wife, Diana, have experienced an unbelievable year and they're sharing their story with us today. You guys have a beautiful, uh, a miracle story and we're going to talk about that a little bit coming up. But first of all, tell me a little bit uh, about your family and life leading up to this miracle story.
0: Um, we just... You know we live here in kingwood texas um i'm a a sergeant with the Harris County sheriff's office and my wife um is a stay at home wife um we have one son together which he's gonna be two this week and we kind of have a blended family because we both um were previously married so we have like a um a blended family so um You know, it's, we like to go to baseball games. We, you know, live the normal life like in most families. Mm -hmm. Uh, We go to, um, you know, I help coach my kids baseball and, um, you know, stuff like that. And uh, we went to Vegas for our two-year anniversary um, in July. And, um, you know, that was right before everything crazy happened.
1: Now – You speaking of crazy, you guys had a little bit of a tragedy happen in your family. In the end, it is a miracle. But tell us a little bit about what happened. Your wife became pregnant and things kind of took a turn downhill.
0: Yeah, um, her first pregnancy, um, she had morning sickness for a long time. So um, when she got pregnant this time, um, she, you know, she had a little bit of morning sickness and then on our anniversary, which uh, in July, um, she had a little bit of a headache. So we kind of thought that was part of the, the pregnancy. We didn't think anything of it as far as COVID. So um, we got back in and um, she still had a headache. Then she started to feel fatigue and then she started running a fever. We were trying to like hope it would just go away after a couple of days. She stayed home, you know, she didn't go out. And um, then finally she got tested on August 4th for COVID and she tested positive. So doctors told her, you know, just hydrate, um, monitor your fever. And if it gets worse, you know, you know, just come back or, you know, just keep monitoring it. So, um, it's actually Thursday, August 5th. Um, she, you know, was complaining that she really couldn't breathe. So, that morning which, which was thursday night into friday morning um we checked her oxygen levels and they started to go down and then um uh they didn't want to have to call an ambulance so we went to back to the same emergency room and they said this time they were going to admit her because um her lung x-rays didn't look good and at that point we still didn't think much of it we just thought that maybe she was just going to get some oxygen um you know that So a lot of cases, people are just going in the hospital for oxygen for four or five days and they are able to fight the pneumonia and come come back Uh, home. But in this case, um, they found a hospital for us, which was Texas Children's Pavilion for Women in the Texas Medical Center. And then um, she was there for four days um, on oxygen. She was battling, trying to avoid the ventilator. And then on August 10th, they finally told us That she was getting worse, so she had to go on the ventilator. Mind you, this was all while she's like 18 weeks pregnant.
1: As her husband, what was this like to just stand there and and watch this? This is even before it gets to uh, an even worse situation.
0: Yeah, it's it was hard because she was very scared that um, she was never going to see her family again. Because we don't know what's on the other end of the ventilator. You know, do you ever Mm -hmm. wake up? You die. You know, so. You know, the doctor said, we don't have a choice. We have to go in the ventilator. And, you know, it's, at this point, I'm thinking, okay, she's 18 weeks pregnant. Did we just, what do they do with the baby? I don't, I've don't. i never this been in this situation before. So what's the thought process for the doctors? And they were just hoping it'd be a couple of weeks in the ventilator. And that was not the case. Um, she was on the ventilator for 17 days at that point when they decided to put her on um, ECMO, which is a artificial lung. Uh, It's a machine that oxygenates your blood. And that's a very um, crazy um, ordeal. If people want to research that, it's very, um, it's literally a coin toss if you're going to survive on ECMO. It's a 50-50 shot, maybe less than that, actually.
1: She stayed on ECMO for eight weeks and experienced several complications. Can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, the um, first couple of days... She actually did okay. She was, you know, on very minimal settings on the ECMO machine, and then her her ECMO settings started to get worse, meaning like she was on almost max settings for ECMO, um, which means her lungs just weren't doing anything at this point. And um, baby was still doing fine, so she's writing out this ECMO. And then one thing that wasn't ever reported was when they installed her um, when they installed her trach. Um, It bled a lot. Um, It bled a lot. And they basically had to redo the trach because it just could not stop bleeding. And they had to take her off blood thinners because of how much she was bleeding. And you need to be on blood thinners um, when you're on ECMO because it's a machine that's circulating the blood. So, um, Which was a big factor in why she ended up eventually having a stroke um, because she had formed blood clots. And the blood clots shot up to her brain. And she had, from what the doctor said, three strokes and a heart attack all in one day.
1: <clears throat> Another thing we haven't mentioned is that she's very young. She's not not very old. She's not even past. She's not even yeah. into her 30s yet.
0: Yeah, she's only 28. And um, no health problems before all of this. Um, I have a little bit of high blood pressure. So she's actually healthier than me. So this was just, it was just devastating to see your wife like this, knowing that she's perfectly healthy other than just being pregnant, you know, um, which the doctor said that pregnant women are at higher risk of severe COVID, um, because basically your body is weaker trying to protect the baby.
1: (laughs) Now you and your wife are people of faith and in spite of all this, you didn't give up tell us a little bit more about how your faith played a role in all of this and how that kept you trudging on knowing that your wife had experienced seizures, a heart attack, strokes.
0: Yeah. Um, there was a time there she was just kind of laying there um, like unresponsive, basically. Like she, she had a pulse, but there was nothing else going on. Um, and that was for like three days. And at that point is when I just really just prayed to God and just said, you know, like, you know, I have faith in the outcome of this, Lord, just, you know, um, you know, it, it, I give it all to you. Basically. I just, I just gave it all to God. I, there's nothing more any doctor or any of us could have done. Um, she's on the last resort life life support and doctors are already at their point where they're just don't know what to do because the ECMO circuit was causing these problems. So there's not there's not a, another alternative. So, um, I had, you know, a lot of prayer groups going on Facebook, my family, friends, my work colleagues, prayed, prayed, and then I prayed with the doctors and, or um, well, one specific doctor, Doctor Cameron, and, um, you know, one of the chaplains, and, and then, you know, I told I told the doctor like, you know what, even though she's at the her worst part, I still feel like she's gonna make it through, and then uh, a couple of days later, she actually woke up. Um, out of her, uh, I guess it was uh, out of her coma basically. And um, she started to slowly improve from there.
1: How amazing was it to see that and to feel that and even getting the opportunity to be able to pray with a doctor, because that's not something that you can often do.
0: You know, it's really different um, feeling because it's not good when you're praying with your doctor, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's (laughs) <laughs> you want your doctor to have all the answers. And when your doctor is finally praying with you, you know, that there's no more help at that from a human level. Um, And um, so it, it was good to have to share the same faith with my doctor and also that he cared, you know. Um, so, um, you know, that was nice. And, you know, people there were like, man, you're very you're still very confident considering how the circumstances are. And I'm like, I said as if if she wakes up from this coma I know we're going to walk out of this hospital. And eventually we, you know, we still had a lot way a lot more to go but we eventually we we did end up walking out of the hospital. Um but you know, just you know, I watched a lot of um Christian television at that point because I needed to see things and hear things that would lift me up and give me hope. I, I didn't want to watch regular TV and you know, you hear laughing and you see jokes and baseball games and, and none of that's just, you know, when your wife is dying and all life support, it's not really entertaining at that point. So I used to a lot of um, Christian shows and also reading some scriptures that people would text me, Hey, read this scripture for some, you know, uplifting advice or, you know, up, something uplifting. And, and it, it really helped me get through day by day.
1: <clears throat> and then on November 10th, your son was born and you decided to name him after the doctor that helped you along the way with your wife.
0: Yeah, um, there was a huge team of doctors, nurses, medical staff, um, but just Dr. Cameron in particular just, um, you could just tell he really cared and was really wanted to see Diana and the baby just make it. And, um, you know, all the other doctors were great, um, but there was just a passion with Dr. Cameron. And maybe it's because of the same faith that we have that uh, we rely on God um, and um, they just kind of shine through his work, you know. And I'm glad that there's doctors like him, that God uses his hands to to help help people.
1: <clears throat> what What was his reaction when he heard that you had uh, named your son after him?
0: Yeah, um, I, I told him if we get through this, um, like we make it through this, because it was very a lot of dark days, 139 of them to be exact. Um, said so we make it through this. Uh, I'm going to name my son, Cameron. And he just started crying. Like he just, you know, in front of all the nurses and other doctors and I was right there, my wife was bedside and, and uh, he was just crying. And he said, it was an honor. And he said, you don't, you know, you don't have to do that. And, and there was other reasons why, um, you know, we like to name our boys with the C name. So it just kind of fit. And, And it was just, we wanted our son to have a story as well. So that was, that was pretty cool.
1: At the end of the day, how would you say this entire journey has impacted your faith?
0: That's a good question. But I know that there's, we're going to have trials and tribulations in life, um, but you got to put your problems to God and um, understand and know that he's in control and there's things that we're not going to understand. Um, and that we'll probably never understand, but you just got to trust God's uh, plan for you. And, um, and that's what I did. And, you know, whenever I see, you know, ambulances just drive by, um, when I drive by a hospital, sometimes I just say a prayer for those that are, that need, that need it, you know, just before that I would never, you know, I was busy doing work stuff or just it never crosses your mind, but sometimes just say a prayer for someone can go a long way, you know, and, um, so, it's just definitely impacted me and um, you know i I pray for a lot of people now, and just even if when they don't know it and because I know prayer, I know prayer works
1: <laughs> in your line of work, you see a lot of awful stuff. has this changed your view on things now going through this experience with your own wife and your son
0: yeah it it has um, because I used to tell others um before this incident that there was actually in my family, we haven't had any significant death. Like we haven't had a lost, a loved one. Like as far as like a child, a mother, like my parents are still alive. My grandma's still alive. my my children are still alive. My brothers, siblings, like everybody very close to me is all still alive. So I always told people I never knew what that felt like when somebody um, lost a loved one or something like that. And And uh, now my perspective is a lot different as far as what, you know, obviously what that feels like. Even though I didn't lose uh, my wife, um, we came close very many, you know, a lot of times. So um, it's just changed a lot. And um, especially in my line of work, um, you know, you're a little more compassionate about things.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. Tell us a little bit about how Diana is doing now. Obviously, that was a long, hard journey for her. And I know you mentioned she's very tired still these days. Tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, she's on, um, she came home with oxygen, but it's she's not on a ventilator or anything like that. It's just a low flow oxygen. Um, she really doesn't need it at the house. Um, we just, when we go to the grocery store or something like that, she needs um, a little bit of oxygen. That's just because her, her lungs are kind of deconditioned and um weak from just being in bed for 139 days, you your whole body is just weak. So she's got to work on her endurance. Um, uh, she's, you know, she's doing real well. She's in good spirits. Um, from her stroke, she only has a little bit of weakness in her left hand. Uh, she's made a, almost a full recovery on that part. And um, she's at home with her children, which is what she wanted from the get go. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually made it home two days before Christmas, which was very important to us to get home um, for Christmas for our children. So, uh, we anticipate, um, a full recovery to be honest, and we'll be praying on it. So
1: for sure. And your little man there, little Cameron, mm-hmm. how is he doing? Cause he was born quite early, nine yeah, weeks he, early, correct?
0: Yes. He was born at 31 weeks. Um, he was actually almost five pounds. So he was a lot bigger than they thought when they had wow. measured, they do the ultrasound. They thought he was going to be around three, three pounds. And he was born almost five. And, um, for a premature baby at the time, he was very healthy. Uh, he's still healthy. Um, and he's just, um, yesterday was three months. Uh, he turned three months. So, um, but he was born, his due date was actually January 9th. He was born November 10th. So he's doing great.
1: For anyone who may be going through a similar situation to yours. Um, uh, what would you say to them?
0: Um, I would say that you're stronger than you think you are um, a lot of people told me I don't know how you can do it sit there and watch your wife and your baby just possibly die every, every minute of those, t- of those times you didn't know if they were going to make it and I told them you know it's uh, you know God's pulling me through this and um, you're stronger than you think you are because looking back at it I don't know how I did it either but when you're in the fire when you're in the storm Um, Just invite God to be with you instead of trying to ask God to get you out of the storm. Just invite God into your storm so he can comfort you and give you peace. Um, And, you know, I I just hope that somebody that listens to this just knows and understands that uh, I know what it feels like, what you're going through. And you will get through this, I promise.
1: Thank you so much for making time for us today.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me.
1: And thank you so much for joining us today and for listening. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation again or to any of the other conversations that we've had here on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike Tom and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else to you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.